We find out how making free antiviral face masks got one Jeep clothing company in deep trouble. And could your Jeep use a serious suspension upgrade? You'll find out the hows and what's in this week's show. Don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This episode is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, title sponsor of Go Topless Day 2020. Stay tuned to later in this episode as we announce their $15,000 Wrangler Parts giveaway sponsored by Barricade Off-Road. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show's for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform you and entertain you while we talk about... Jeeps. Guns. Yeah, I'm about that, too. <laughs> hey, I'm Josh, Jeep and I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, I hate stupid drivers, even if they are in a Jeep. <laughs> And howdy, it's Wendy, and my husband said I needed to bump it a little harder, so I did and put a smile on his face. Ooh. Um, so, hi, I'm Tony, and uh, if you're getting bored with streaming video services, we'll try listening to a podcast. 7,000 of them start every week. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Overlanding in a Jeep is about to get a serious upgrade. The Nest Box is what I'm talking about, and it is an all-in-one camper system that can easily be moved in and out of the cargo area of a wide range of vehicles, SUVs, wagons, vans, and, yeah, even possibly Jeeps. The system is made by the Czech company Ego Nest. I'm probably pronouncing that right. It's E-G-O-E, and, uh, and it's about to make its North American debut. The main components of the Nest Box system are the kitchen and the bed. The kitchen consists of a two-burner propane stove, a sink, and water system, some organizer drawers, and a 12-volt refrigerator. All of these items stow neatly into the cabinet box and fold and slide out for use as needed. On top of the box is the nest bed. This bed system consists of a three-panel design that folds out over the stowed rear seats of the vehicle. It not only stores neatly above the nest box for transport, but can easily be removed for day trips. Ego offers the Nest Box in four models. The smallest version is the Nest Box Camper. Uh, or yeah, the next next Nest Box Camper is going to have an MSRP of around three thousand dollars. From there, we step up to the Nest Box Hiker model, set to come in around the thirty-five hundred dollar mark, and is just a bit bigger than the previous model. The Nest Box Super Tramp is slated to come in at right under the four thousand dollar price point, and is a big, full-featured model specifically designed for the rigors of off-road travel. The biggest nest, nest box of them all is the Roamer, also costing about $4,000. However, this one is most suited for compact van applications and likely won't fit in the back of any Jeep, save for maybe a Gladiator. And even then, we're not sure how things would line up or mount. Along with the various Nest, uh, nest Box models, Ego Nest also offers a full line of accessories to complement the camper in a box system. Of course, it offers trendy state-of-the-art products to outfit the Nest Box, like 12-volt refrigerators, Fisker hatchets, and more. It also offers accessory bags for the rear windows of the vehicles called Nest Bags, and even matching pillows for the Nest Bed mattress called Nest Pillows. After all, being off-road doesn't mean you can't be feng shui. 
The Czech-based Ego currently uh, makes Nest Box systems for a wide range of vehicles, but most are European models not offered here in North America. So, just why the hell am I wasting your time telling you about the super expensive <laughs> modular camping and overlanding system then? Because the big news coming out of their camp, no pun intended, is that the ever-popular Jeep Wrangler looks to be the next vehicle to get a Nest Box. Going off of the pictures they have up on their website, the Wrangler looks to be getting a full-featured Supertramp model. While the exact specifications haven't been released yet, I'm going to expect the Wrangler Nest Box Supertramp to weigh in at about 175 pounds and cost in the neighborhood of around $4,000 based on the specs of similar units. Ego was scheduled to debut its Nest Box system and likely with a JKU or a new JLU to boot in the North America market at Overland Expo West in May. But the expo has been postponed as the COVID-19 epidemic has quickly shut down most events nationwide for the next few months. So that means we're going to have to wait just a little bit longer to get our eyes on these super cool, super expensive camper-in-a-box systems for ourselves. In the meantime, if you want to see what $4,000 worth of modular overlanding insert for your Jeep looks like, we'll have the link in the show notes for this episode on our website. You can check it out for yourself. Did you mention how much this stuff weighs? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty heavy, um, but again, it's all inclusive. I mean, it has virtually everything you need uh, for you know storing and uh, and cooking and sleeping and uh, washing and you know all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it, it it looks to be like the bigger systems do weigh as much as a full grown man, uh, and that's a lot of weight to throw back in your rig. Yeah. Um, but again, if you have an expedition setup rig, a vehicle that is designed to be out, you know, on the mesa, out in the wilderness for, you know, an extended period of time, this is likely something that's going to be worked into your design specs. Uh, your suspension system will be designed to carry the extra weight of overlanding gear like this sort of system itself. Now, I mean, obviously, if you can throw a, you know, a Coleman stove in the back and, and you know, you can throw a couple pillows and a sleeping bag in the corner and, and, uh, and yeah, you got a cooler with some dry ice in it, you probably call it good, right? Uh, but, you know, this is obviously, like I said, next level system. This is kind of for the people who have more money than cents, uh, <laughs> maybe just a large pocketbook type of thing. This stuff really does look amazing. Oh, I'm, and I'm sure that it does damn well better. quite well, yeah, yeah for especially that price. for that kind of price. <laughs> But, you know, it's just not for everybody out there. And, and clearly for the rock crawlers out there, you're not going to see this in the back of every rig. You're not going to see this for the weekend warrior out there just camping for a couple of days. Uh, this is going to be, you know, in the in the, you know, the, the kind of rig that is set up as a show vehicle or a dedicated true to life expedition or overlanding vehicle. Uh, the, you know, somebody who's got a lot of money into into what they're doing uh, because they're going to be out in the wilderness way away from a lot of other people. Uh, for an extended period of time, and they need something that they can rely on that's going to be comfortable. Well, one of the reasons why I ask is I was thinking if it was much lighter than something that you could build out of wood and you know metal brackets for the slides and all the rest of that stuff, it could very much be worth it in the long run. I mean, uh, damage to your vehicle, especially if you're uh, having to do some off-road stuff and uh, all that weight over the axle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, it doesn't sound like this is, uh, I, I don't know how much a, a, a wooden setup would cost, but uh, I was kind of hoping that that was the, co the reason for the cost. Also, too, there's a lot of names that they've gone here. I get the feeling there was a big marketing team involved in this because they've got Nest, which, of course, is the uh, like the uh, the thermostats and the cameras right. and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they've got the Supertramp, which is like a uh, a group from, what, the 70s or 80s? So they got this whole mix of things going on there. Like, oh, yeah, I know. No, wait, that's something. Oh, but I'm going to remember the name now. So 
Yeah, very much. Now, this stuff does look cool. It honestly looks like it was uh, designed, made, engineered by somebody who used to work for an aeronautics company. Uh, this very much looks like something that you would oh, see sliding see out that. of the belly of an, yeah. of an aircraft. Or the food you know, service uh, cart that they, that they pull out. It, exactly. That's kind of what it reminded me of, too, is if the, the, the use of aluminum and, and super lightweight uh, materials and stuff like that, the kind of support and, and angles and, and, and stuff that is in the design of this, it just it reminds me of airline. It, it just it, yeah. it kind of screams well, that that sort of thing. So who knows? I mean, maybe there is some history there. Maybe there is a connection to uh, you know an aeronautics firm or, or an engineering uh, you know uh, aerospace engineering firm or something like that. I, I don't know where these guys come from. They're out of Czechoslovakia, um, uh, but they're coming out here in the in the in the U.S. and they're expanding quite rapidly. So um, yeah, this is a cool company. Well, Whether could, or not that's um, gonna you know make anything for the average cheaper, I don't know because <laughs> four thousand bucks is. Uh, out of my price range. I could I yes. could see Dan uh, Dan Cole at the Four by Four podcast uh, getting this four thousand dollars set up to go in the back of his uh, five hundred dollars Cherokee. And you know what? There's people out there that would love to do something like this if it's new or different oh, or yeah. unique. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So there's definitely going to be a market for it. Oh, when they pull yeah. it out, everybody's going to go ooh ah. <laughs> so there's that. You know that's well, what- it like. Well, you said, Tony, I think you hit the nail on the head with the the marketing firm. You know, they paid a lot of money and, uh, you know, the marketing behind behind this. I mean, look at where they're debuting this, where they were planning on debuting this here in the U.S. Overland Expo West, the West Coast largest oh, yeah. Overland Expo. I mean, this is a mm-hmm. huge deal. Uh, so, I mean, they're they're really playing this smart. Cool stuff. High price tag, whether or not it will take off in the Jeep world, well, time will tell. Oh, I bet you Cody would buy one of these for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought with uh, everything that's going on in uh, in the world right now, it's time for a good feel-good story. And, and I saw this one. It popped up just in time. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Now, for those who aren't familiar with what an eternal flame is or what it means, it's pretty much as it sounds. They do occur in Mother Nature, but in this context, we are talking about a monumental flame one man-made, and that will not ever go out or be extinguished, burning forever to remind, commemorate, or otherwise pay tribute to persons, places, or events for all eternity. On Saturday, March 14th, VFW, or Veterans of Foreign Wars, Post 4829, and the Eternal Flame Coalition sponsored a Jeep run to raise money for the Eternal Flame Monument at the Lincoln Public Square, often called Freedom Square, in Shelbyville, Illinois. 25 Jeeps and 75 volunteers went on the run, and they managed to raise a significant amount of money for this cause. The Square's monument was dedicated in 1907 to honor the local soldiers and sailors of the Spanish-American, Civil-Mexican, 1812, and Revolutionary Wars, and was updated recently to include Desert Storm. The monument was designed by a local artist, Robert Marshall Root, and beneath the monument is a black marble pedestal which holds the eternal flame. On the pedestal are etchings of U.S. Marines raising the flag at Iwo Jima, General MacArthur walking ashore, and Shelbyville resident August West. Around the perimeter of the entire square are dozens of U.S. flags waving in the breeze. The internal flame was dedicated July 3, 2002, and dedicated to the men and women who have served in past wars. The The square also has a plaque in honor of Abraham Lincoln, who practiced law in Shelbyville way back when. The money raised through the event's raffle, entry fees, and collected donations will be used exclusively to maintain the flame and pay the cost of the fuel to keep the flame burning 24-7 well into the future. If I wore hats, mine would come off for the Jeepers and volunteers who attended this event. It was a worthy cause, and I love hearing about Jeepers and locals coming together to do some good for the community they live in. You know, there's a a really big uh, eternal flame in uh, Pennsylvania. Have you heard of that one? 
Mm-mm. Uh, no. Wait. No. Yeah, it's like a coal mine that's been burning for like 75 years or something, isn't it? Centrilla Mine uh, Fire uh, is a coal uh, stem fire that has been burning underneath the borough of C- Centrilla, Pennsylvania since 1962. Whoa. I was close. <laughs> wow. Maybe not quite 75 years, but still. Oh, for a damn long time. Yeah. You, you talked about that eternal flame. I was going, well, nature's been doing that. I, although yeah. I, I think I think nature didn't start it. <laughs> Yeah, it might have been. Well, it could have been a lightning strike or you know, something like that. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm always looking for those feel-good stories, and I know there's a bunch out there. I know that they, we are we are in the, uh, the the range of voice. People are hearing our voices and and are involved in in different clubs or different communities who are doing these kinds of events where they're doing uh, charity events or fundraisers or stuff for a good cause locally. We want to hear those stories. If it was you and like four other Jeepers got together and you did a grocery run for grandma, I don't care. It's a feel good story and I want to hear it. Dang it. So give (laughs) us a call in, you know, uh, or write in uh, whichever you're more comfortable with. Our voicemail line is there for you. Um, You can do it that way or you can uh, go to Jeep Talk Show dot com slash contact uh we'd love to hear about a a, one of those feel-good stories of uh, jeepers coming together for the community in the area that you live in so if you got one by all means let us know and if you've got a news tip or you have a response to any one of our stories be sure to let us know by phone or by email just head over to like i said jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out to us Hey, and stick around. Coming up a little bit later in the show, a dramatic interview with Britt and tiff the girls from crawlhers.com the female-centric online off-road clothing company You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Seriously, when was the last time you checked out the 4x4 Radio Network? Dude, no way! Well, you need to head over there right now. There is a ton of new content already being streamed by thousands of other people, and you can get in on it too, from the On the Trail podcast to Trail Chasers. From the Center Steer Podcast to the 4x4 Podcast. And, of course, we're there, too. The most off-road audio content anywhere on the web, and it's all for free, and it's only at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. You know, we have uh, we have a glossary online on the jeeptalkshow.com, and if you look up uh, the 4x4 Radio Network, we have one, just one word description. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We might have to elaborate on that definition. Oh, no. Just, awesome, just damn it. <laughs> <laughs> exclamation mark. Yeah, we'll add an exclamation mark. Hey, we here at the Jeep Talk Show know many of you are being hit hard in the pocketbook by this quarantine. Uh, some of you are Jeep-related small business owners. We here at the Jeep Talk Show would like to help you out. We're offering a consecutive four-ad package for your small business for free. Contact us at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact for more information. Oh, and we only do three advertisers per show, so contact us sooner than later. Coming up in Tech Talk, we wrap up our Jeep Spring Talk with the most expensive option yet. How does it compare to the other springs we've talked about? And will they work on your Jeep? We'll find out. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, it's Jeep Mama here in Moab, Utah. We finally made it, and this is eerie here. It's unbelievable. We took a drive out to King Creek on Hurrah Pass, and typically that road 
is full of Jeeps. There's camping after camping after camping, and there's hundreds of thousands of Jeeps usually parked there all throughout the tourist season, especially during EJS. Um, however, there was nothing, not one Jeeper camped along that road. And there was sign after sign after sign, uh, public health notice, no camping allowed due to issued by the governor of Utah. Now, Moab is in Grand County, and there is absolutely no camping allowed in this county, even on BLM land. And the hotels, there's not a car in the parking lot. The KOA here in Moab is bare. It is like a ghost town here. There are a few stragglers here and there. We actually finally saw some Jeepers as we were getting off fins and things. And there are lots of bikers, mountain bikers, um, everywhere. There's We just ran into these two dads and their kids. They left Manhattan two weeks ago, and they are RVing it, um, trying to do their part in social distancing. We um, are supporting local businesses here in Moab, Neil and I, and we stopped at Milt Stop and Eat. This poor waiter is running in and out of the restaurant to cars parked in the parking lot, delivering their food, taking their orders. He's now on the street corner um, with a bike, a motorcyclist taking his order. Um, This guy is getting a workout. This is going to devastate Moab if it continues any longer. The word is the governor has a 30-week plan to get things back to normal. 30 weeks is a long time for Moab. They just recently, a copper mine, which supports 65 employees here in Moab, just completely shut down. They didn't even pay their employees. So they were hit by that. And now they're hit by this. It's actually very, very scary what this is going to do to our economy. It is going to devastate us if this continues. Um, But we are doing our part. We are social distancing. We are camping out in the middle of nowhere. We, you know, go into the grocery store once in a while, but we do, we are doing our part. I know some people have been criticizing us for not being locked up in our home, but this is our home, people. I don't have a home. So I just ran Steelbender yesterday. Wow, amazing trail. It's a Jeep badge of honor. We did um, fins and things, and now we're heading to top of the world. We finished our Mojave Road trip, which was so much fun. However, Mojave Road, usually you hardly see anybody on Mojave Road. There are so many people out there in their RVs and their campers and their overlanding vehicles. It's just bizarre. Moab is a ghost town and Mojave Road is filled with people. Um, anyway, Tony and Josh, I will check in with you next week. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll still be here in Moab. And I would just like to say this is really, really sad. Until next week, Tony and Josh, you guys be safe. Wendy, you too. I got to get used to (laughs) Wendy on the show. Tony, Josh, and Wendy. And you guys have a great time, and we'll check in with you next week. I was I was thinking, do I actually say something about what about Wendy or no? Nah, I'm gonna leave it alone. Oh, that's I'm gonna, okay. I want to be. A, I'm not gonna be Tony right now. <laughs> well, now something that you guys don't know, and I don't think that Tammy uh, really talked about it in that is, is is one of the particular trails that they ran. Now, I don't know if it was ran before or after she recorded that segment right there. And as you know, she's in Moab, Utah. Um, but uh, one of the trails she got to run was called Chicken Corners. 
And there's a bunch of videos online uh, on YouTube and stuff that, that show what Chicken Corners is, is all about. And for those in the know, it's a relatively easy trail. I mean, heck, a Subaru could probably do it. Tammy was having none of it, however, and had to abandon her Jeep because it was just too scary. <laughs> yes, I said abandon her Jeep. You see, what wow. makes this trail so unique is that it has lots of tight corners tucked up against one of the many mountainsides the area has to offer, giving you an unobstructed view of the mesa and rock formations which make the region so majestic. This, of course, scares the living shit out of Tammy, and she had to have someone else drive the Jeep. That's too bad, Tammy. There will be a representative coming to take your badge of honor away Absolutely. and replace it with one featuring a fearful lion clutching his own tail. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I wish I could do a cowardly lion uh, impersonation right now. <laughs> How does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories from people just like you. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now. And I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out. And, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. I'm, no, glad last... I'm glad you're doing this because I've always wondered about these things. It doesn't make any sense to me how they work. They look too, <laughs> they look too little to work. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, Tony. Over the last two episodes, we've talked about the different types of springs commonly found underneath Jeeps, where, where it all began back in the days of World War II when the Jeep was a, nothing more than a little courier and scout vehicle bouncing its way around the battlefield on leaf springs, to the modern-day version of the Jeep Wrangler suspension system, which has made it the unbeatable off-road king it is today. Leaf springs and coil springs each have their own benefits and drawbacks, which make them unique and suitable for a wide variety of off-road needs. To that end, there is one type of suspension system we have not yet covered that takes all of this to the extreme. This system is by far the most versatile and by far the most adjustable system out there, making it by far the best overall for off-roading a Jeep. So what the heck am I talking about anyways? Coilovers. Yes, it's true that coilovers aren't exactly a spring alone, but they are comprised, comprised of a spring, usually two and sometimes as many as three, giving a jeeper running these as much as three different spring rates of control over their jeep suspension. That's not all. Coilovers are generally smaller and lighter than a coil-sprung jeep running standard shocks, meaning they take up less room in the wheel well and can actually make your rig lighter. Like I said, they also offer a lot more adjustability in things like ride height, spring rate, and more, all in one unit. Look, I've seen leaf springs outperform a coil-sprung Jeep, and there is some great coil-spring technology available for every level of Jeeper in the aftermarket, but a coil-over conversion will beat them all pretty much no matter what. One of the biggest differences between coil springs and coil-overs is that the lift coils are usually only offered for a given lift height and application, with little to no spring rate information ever provided. 
this one-size-fits-all mentality works okay for Jeeps that are relatively close to stock form, but as you add larger axles and tires or change the drivetrain of your Jeep, well, the spring rates offered by the off-the-shelf coils may not fit your needs at all. By contrast, coils for coilover shocks are offered in a wide variety of spring rates, diameters, and lengths. The choices can honestly be overwhelming, with manufacturers offering over 100 different springs, with spring rates offered in increments as small as 25 pounds per inch. If you don't want to spend the time and money experimenting with spring rates, traditional coil springs might be a better option to stick with for your Jeep. With that said, there are a lot of resources out there to get you started calculating the perfect spring rate for your Jeep. But be warned, there is going to be a fair amount of math involved, and you absolutely, without question, must know the weight of your Jeep with it loaded, and I mean down to the last half pound. I'm not kidding either. There's some serious math involved in this, and you don't want to skimp out. Don't let me talk you out of going down the road, going down the path of a coilover conversion, though. Just know that you are entering the waters of race-inspired technology. And when you're at that level of performance, it comes with that level of price tag, too. Simple mounting kits, the, the bare minimum needed to mount a coilover system, is going to be in the range of about $500 bucks and up. Bare-bones bare coilover conversion kits are generally in the $2,000 range, and the high-end stuff can run you as much as six dollars to $8,000. Note that when I say bare-bones, I mean this is still going to seriously outperform your regular coil system and drastically improve your ride quality and performance of your Jeep off-road. This is next-level performance, and if you ever get to see a coilover rig in action, it's very clear why. Aside from specifically dialed-in spring rates to perfectly match your rig's weight and the space-saving design of these things, you also get an insane amount of suspension travel. Without a doubt, you will easily get more flex and articulation out of coilovers than any other system out there by many inches, and, and as much as a foot in some applications. Also, due to their size, you can more easily convert to a high-steer system and push the track bar length out to perfectly match the length of the drag link. Now your entire steering system is perfectly dialed in and matched up 100%, perfectly parallel, and will steer and ride better than stock even. There are just so many advantages to a coilover conversion over a leaf and coil sprung Jeep that it's likely only a matter of time before you have a dedicated savings fund going to making it possible. Be prepared for a big price tag, and in some applications, some fabrication work might be required, meaning cutting and welding. So if you're not equipped for that, be sure that you sock away some extra loot for some professional installation as well. So, what do you think? Are coilovers right for your rig? Are you one of the few that actually regret going to a coilover conversion? Maybe you have a story about the first time you wheeled a rig with coilovers. All good reasons to give us a call and leave us a message. We hope that we hear from you soon. Are they street legal? Yes. In fact, um, you'll find a lot of these in the uh, the tuner market. Um, I say tuner, I'm, I'm talking about you know, Hondas and Toyotas and Subarus and, and you know, all the other cars that get lowered and get horsepower increase and, and really are you know these street rigs and stuff like that. They are absolutely street legal because they are a much better performance, a better performing uh, uh, suspension system than stock. You will actually keep, you'll improve your traction on the street in those kinds of applications. Right. Obviously, we're talking about, in this context, about off-road applications. You are not ever going to see the kind of coilovers that you see on a Jeep on something like a Miata. It's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a much different design, but it's the same concept. So it, it's, it's you know, similar, but different. 
So I can see a big plus in the the, the image that you had uh, shared with us in our show notes um, that uh, even with long arms, the the coils aren't going to shoot out the sides because they're they're held in place by that. Uh, is that a shock? Is that basically a shock that's there? It is basically a shock. So how a coil, what a coilover is, um, for for those who don't know, it's essentially a a a specifically designed valved shock system, oftentimes with remote reservoir, and built into the shock design is a small coil spring that goes around it. Now the the actual body of the shock itself is generally threaded. And there is a spacer that goes on there. And that spacer is moved, and sometimes there's more than one spacer, is moved up and, and positioned around to alter both ride height and, and spring rate of the spring above and below that spacer on the shock body itself. This is an all-in-one unit. Um, it, is, it is pretty much constructed uh, per application and then installed all at once versus something like a shock and coil or, you know, a leaf spring. You got to, you know... I put all these components into place and, and everything else, and you got to get this in and then get that in. And there's an order of operations and all that. Things change when you go to coilovers. The mount is different. Generally, the mount is further out on the axle, and the coilovers actually have a little bit of an angle to them. Um, sometimes they're they're installed straight up and down. You can see these oftentimes on uh, on the big rock uh, buggies and, and and truggies and you know stuff like that. Uh, these are definitely top of the line high performance level suspension are uh, suspension components you're not going to find these in your entry level kit and these will not work without a long arm system there's a lot of things that go into choosing to go coilovers and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be in place already before you can make that conversion so another question for you um do they make these uh for steering dampeners because i'm pretty damn sure it would stop the death wobble (laughs) You could adjust it so the death wobble would stop. You know, I'm saying, I'm telling you, this is a million dollar idea. No, no, that's not how you fix death wobble. Oh, gee, thought I had something. Well, anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. Just jump over to JeepTalkShow.com/slash/contact and send us a message. Let us know what you would like for us to cover. You know, we're still giving away Jeep Talk Show stickers. All we need is a self-addressed stamped envelope. Go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to contact us for the mailing address. Oh, and be sure to disinfect your stickers when you receive them. No, not for that. Uh, you can just never tell where they've been. Ew! God, <laughs> that means no one's going to ask for a sticker, Tony. What are you We're doing? Never going get- <laughs> to. Some, some will ask for them just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just to see. <laughs> to run a, a swab test on it, see what grows. Oh, man. My name's Meredith with Extreme Terrain, and I have one big question for you. What would you do with $15,000 in Jeep mods? Now, everybody has their dream Jeep, Axles. but what does yours look like? Do you go with the lift, bumpers, and that new grill that you've been looking at? Or do you go big or go home with that long arm kit, 37s, and a set of power steps? Well, I'm happy to say that the Jeep talk show sponsor, Extreme Terrain, has teamed up with Barricade Off-Road to award one lucky winner a $15,000 shopping spree on ExtremeTerrain.com. Now, even 
even though Barricade is known for their rugged armor and exterior styling for Wranglers and trucks, the $15,000 winner can spend that mod money on just about any product or brand on Extreme Terrain site, from Poison Spider to Rugged Ridge. The best part about the Barricade Off-Road 15K giveaway on XT is that there's no purchase needed and you can enter daily for your best shot at taking home the money, of course, in mods for your Wrangler. Head on over to today's show notes on jeeptalkshow.com and click the sweepstakes link and enter often until May 14th for your chance to take home the goods from our good friends over at Extreme Terrain and Barricade Off-Road. You know, I haven't read or signed anything uh, indicating that the Jeep Talk Show staff can't uh, get in on this uh, $15, $15, $15,000 giveaway, you know, so. Uh, That's what we would awesome. get. We'd get the $15 you know, <laughs> gift card. Here you yeah. go. Thanks for participating. Thank you for participating. Here's your sticker. <laughs> yeah, here's your sign. Yeah, I like that. No, I, I, I want to point out something that, that she said in that promo right there. Enter every day. Yes, it's not I just a one that. and done type no, of thing. No. You you can enter in multiple times to, to really increase your chances of winning. So the more that you enter, every day that you enter, you increase your chances of winning 15000 bucks for your Jeep. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Right, it really that's is. a lot of fun to think about. Yeah. All right, people. Let's bring this meeting to order. We've got a new member with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sid, and I've been sober for 42 days. Hi, uh, Sid. Sid. Do, do you guys know about the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, come oh. on. Get down, Sid. Uh, go have a drink. The Jeep Talk Show. We don't specialize in that kind of recovery. <laughs> go have a drink. How dare you? <laughs> From around the world... Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Tonight, we're going to be talking to a a couple of people. They know each other fairly well because they work together in Crawler. Now, is it Crawler or Crawl? Crawler or Crawl Her? I get the feeling it's Crawl Her. Uh, you can say it either way. Typically, we just say crawler, or most people know us as the crawler girls. We're Tiff and Brett. We started, what, crawler in 2016, Tiff? Does that sound right? Yes. And you guys know each other really well, and, and why is that? So we actually have known each other for quite a few years now. We owned uh, other companies together and slowly just made our way into the Jeep world. <laughs> how, how did you get into the Jeep world? <laughs> Uh-oh. I think I had a good question. Uh, um, uh, Britt's husband used to own a Jeep a long time ago when they were in college, and uh, she had been talking for a few years that they wanted to get another one, and I was needing a second vehicle, and I went and I got one, and she was like, oh, well, what the hell, and they went out and got one the same week. Poppycats. Next thing you know, it, <laughs> and I'd like to mention at this time, both Tiff and I had decided that we were enjoying the not owning a company life. We truly were. It, it lasted yeah, we for about back. two months. <laughs> All right, let's get the let's get the voices uh, correct now. Brittany, you say something. Brittany. There we go. Tiffany, let's hear from you. Tiffany. There we go. All right, Following folks. Suit. So it's kind of a new thing for us, too, because normally we would only limit the interviews to one person 
uh, one guest at a time, but we've uh, expanded some of the technical capabilities here at the, uh, I guess I'll call it Studio A of the Jeep Talk Show. So now we're going to have multiple guests, but I just realized uh, uh, two women that sound about the same is going to be kind of confusing, but we'll work through it. So give me an idea. You guys started to crawl her and, and what kind of company is it? It's an easiest way to describe it is an apparel lifestyle company. And it has a Jeep flair to it. Is it primarily Jeep, all Jeep, uh, and, and what kind of apparel? Yep. What, what, what would you think the best I mean, way to describe it? We're, it? it we're is primarily, primarily, yeah, we're primarily Jeep, but um, we, you know, we promote and support all off-roaders. I think our, our main thing when we started was, was just to be different because so many people were doing the same thing that, you know, Jeep hair don't care was everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the typical shirts that say the word Jeep. And, and, and we, want, we wanted to be different pretty. and put a, a spin on it because we're from a boutique world. So we're girly. <laughs> well, there's probably not enough girly Jeep things out there. And there certainly is a lot of women involved in the Jeep world these days. It's growing too. Yep. So uh, the reason why I contacted you guys now, I think we had Britt on. Um, gee, what was it? A year, two years ago that uh, that you were on? Uh, I think it was about two years ago. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, and uh, we just hadn't had John for a real long time. Really long time. Uh, friends on Facebook. I had uh, friends with with Crawler. So I had seen some posts from people complaining about you giving you guys giving something away for free. And I was puzzled by it, <laughs> and some of the some of the stuff that I was reading was was really harsh. Uh, and I wanted to ask some questions. I I wanted to jump in there and say I don't understand this. This this why are you upset about all this stuff? Because it's free, but you're at being asked to pay for shipping. Because I mean, it, having something made for you, and now you got to be uh, you can't even pay shipping for it. I mean, I was really confused. And I thought it best not to jump in that fray because when people get really emotional, which clearly these people were, <laughs> you don't get straight answers. So I figured, let me go straight to the source. Can you can you give me an idea, give the audience an idea of what it was that you were making for free? So on Saturday, I believe, well, I think it was Saturday, Tiff, we woke up and we're in a bunch of sewing networking groups and had seen that a lot of our old sewist friends from our past companies were making masks for nurses because we knew that there was going to be a shortage. And Tiff and I spoke, we had made a personal goal that was just personal. And when we spoke a little further, Tiff said, we need to do more. We needed to donate more. We needed to sew more. Mm -hmm. And so that was our plan. And, and we went for it. Um, we decided to go ahead and throw them up on our website. And we were excited to do it because we thought, hey, we can get these into as many hands as possible. And honestly, we really, really use our website as, what do you, best way to say, Tiff, as keeping up with ourselves? Yes. Organizing not, not getting ourselves. confused and, and being able to track everything. And we had a few of our funny shirts that were releasing. And we said, hey, you know what? We had already set our price points on our shirts. We said, if you, if you place any order, as long as you put the code in, we're going to throw in one for free. If you don't want to pay for it, that's fine. You just want it. This is the code. It makes it free. You just pay shipping. And if you absolutely cannot pay for shipping, 
shoot us a message. We're going to take care of you. And if you're a part of a facility that needs more than just a handful, shoot us a message. We're going to take care of you. Little did we know that it would have the reaction that it did. We never expected people to get offended and over the fact that we were making masks and we're allowing the general public to have access to them. And just to be clear, this is a, a direct result. I mean, your your desire to do this is a direct result of the COVID-19 uh, virus, the, the pandemic that's currently going on. You you thought of, you were trying to think of a way, what could we do to help this situ- situation out that, that fits into our world of what we do daily? What could we do to make it better? I mean, is that generally what, what we're talking about here? Yes, and we have the ability, you know, we have a background in sewing and we have, you know, fabric and access to more fabric and the supplies to be able to mass produce these. Um, The two of us, obviously, it's going to take, it takes a little while, but we have the capabilities. And so that's basically all we can do to give back at this moment is to, to make this because we can't, we can't afford to our logic on it was we can't afford to make these, these products, these masks and give them away and pay for a hundred, you know, people a day to ship them out individually. We just can't, not with the, the economy, the way that it is business, the way that it is during this situation. Right. And, and I think that's completely reasonable. Now, some of the things I read, uh, and I don't, I, I went to try to go back and look and find some exact, uh, uh, comments that I had read, but I couldn't find anything. That's the worst thing about Facebook is you, you try to hunt for something that you saw and you can't find it. That was kind of where the forums were really good. You could always find stuff. But anyway, one person said, and I'm paraphrasing, that uh, you guys were gouging through shipping because you were charging $10 to uh, ship one little flimsy, almost no weight mask. And because of his uh, his background with the U.S. Postal Service, which is kind of a red flag, uh it was that he knew that it didn't cost anywhere near $10 to send out this free thing. And how dare you send out something? And this is my, my words. How dare you send out something for free that I got to pay shipping for? You know, what's wrong with you? It's a pandemic. And if we were, and if we were charging $10 for shipping, he would have been absolutely correct. However, <laughs> shipping is five ninety nine on our website. For everything. So for, for, Pretty much for everything that's in that weight classification. Right, of course. And as I said, our minds have just been blown over this (laughs) in in the treatment of it and or the after effects of people being upset that we were selling shirts that were associated with the virus. Why? I mean... I know it's been a while since President Lincoln was assassinated, but don't they have sales on President's Day? And one of the, one of them was President Lincoln. Is it too soon? Is that the problem? I don't understand. This is the way capitalism works. There's something that is on the forefront of people's minds, and then capitalism uses that so that they can make money. And there's nothing wrong with people making money. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. If you got $14,000 worth of hand sanitizer and you're trying to make a million dollars <laughs> off of it, that would be you know price gouging in a situation. But your prices, uh, I would assume your prices hadn't gone up and you were uh, including a, a free mask to help protect the people that wanted one. 
Uh, it was free because, I mean, I think on the site it was, uh, it was $10, but you had a code right there that you could put in for the, to get the, the, the mask for free. Yes, in order for for our system to be able to recognize the code, we had to have a price on it. And we had seen a few other companies list them at ten dollars. We were like, okay, we'll just we'll just stick it at ten dollars, and we won't, um, you know, we won't worry about it because it's going to end up being free anyway. Right, and that that had to do with the the pay system on your website, and then of course that's where they need to go to order this thing. There's no sense in setting up a whole another way of handling this. Just put it on the website. Uh, the general price is $10, and we're going to give you a free code because we're decent human beings. We're trying to make this thing for free for you so that you can help help you be safe, help children be safe. And, and, and you got uh, – what, what do you think? How many people – was this like onesies or twosies that were attacking you? Or it seemed like a lot of people to me. Initially, it was a handful of people. And then those handful of people kind of attracted a few others. And of course, with spreading the partial information that they had or only their opinion of that information, they, of course, let it look like a pretty good story that here we are charging. If, if the mask costs, you know, $10, they don't use a code plus shipping. We're making what, $15.99 tips right. off yeah. of these masks which wasn't the case at all put in the code yeah but in, in all honesty there's there are companies out there selling them and that that's their right their right is to sell them but we didn't want to do that we wanted to be able to supply them and one of the things that we were getting attacked on was that we were using them as a incentive to buy but the funny thing is that we had the sale already scheduled because it was like buy three shirts for $50. So you normally can get two shirts for $50, but it ends up being so basically buy two, get one free. We were already going to have the sale and we were like, okay, why don't we just say we'll throw a free mask in here. And then we'll also tell them if they don't want to buy the, the stuff, they can just get the free mask. So we sent out the email and text blast, and that was the, one of the issues that some of the people were sharing. They they screenshot the top of the email and not at the bottom of the email <laughs> where it was highlighted in red. You can get a free mask with this bundle, or if you don't want to buy, use this code. So do you think any of these people that were screenshotting just the part of the email that they wanted to, do you think maybe they work at CNN? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that's where they're working. Um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, so we do know that some of them were healthcare workers, that they were nurses. And I think a lot of their reaction was driven out of fear that they weren't going to have the supplies that they needed to be able to safely perform their jobs to protect people. Well, I get you're, that. you're not taking away from that supply. You're adding to it. Exactly. exactly. And and I think there was there was one woman that was the last straw for us, and she had used the um, the term I can't exactly remember it. She was saying basically made us feel like we were killing her and her her child. We were putting them at harm's way because we were giving these masks away to the public. How dare we? And I think you probably saw the quote that we had uh, we had posted when we decided to stop giving them away to the general public that she said that anyone who owns a Jeep shouldn't be going anywhere. They should be at home anyways. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it really, it struck something for us because she, she expects to get a mask for her daughter, 
why can't our customers get a mask for their daughters or their husbands or their grandmothers or, you know, why anyone else that yeah, may need it? In her statement, she contradicted herself within three sentences. Well, I would I would suspect, and, and I think it bears out based on what you were saying that she said, that she's in a very emotional state. She's very concerned and she's lashing out. And I get the feeling that that's what's happening with several of these people. Although with some of the things I read, it almost seemed, it seemed to be a coordinated attack. Like maybe somebody was trying to uh, purposely hurt your business. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It, it's very obvious in everything that they were saying and how they were saying it and how they were attacking attacking crawler and, and continuing to try to to attack crawler i think tiffany and i were both humbled and surprised with the number of people that we absolutely had no idea who they were because we were messaging each other do you know who this person is do you know who that person is <laughs> sticking up for us and and just saying girls you're doing a great job just don't let them get to you keep don't let them up. get to yep. you That's just keep amazing. your heads up it, and and I, it was very humbling. I just want to kind of encompass this thing once again. Out of the goodness of your heart, you guys decided that you were going to hand sew these masks to try to help protect your customers. And even if they were customers, they could become customers by just getting just the mask, not buying any T-shirts or anything else that you make ever, have never done that before. Now, they, they may be appreciative and come back later when the economy improves, and, and that's how you do business. That's, that's fine. But y'all's idea was just, let's, let's make these masks. We can sew. We have, the, we have all the, the, the material that we need to do this. Yeah. So let's just, let's just do it, and, and we can be a part of the community helping out a part of the community through this um, uh, method that we already have set up with the website and the clothing and we, we do shipping and everything else. It, it, it doesn't sound like, I mean, frankly, it sounds like more of a liability uh, to, to you and the company than it does uh, anything else. And, it, and you guys were going out on a, a limb here by doing this and, and what you got from a large group of people, uh, I, I don't know, 2050 or something like that, all this grief and heartache because you weren't doing it you weren't paying for all of it um well and, and the hard part is is the actual breakdown of numbers are is we had 53 orders come through the website for the masks now of those 53 orders 96 masks are going into them that means those 53 people checked out and they paid 5.99 for shipping and they came back and they asked us if we can include more that's the general breakdown of that mm -hmm. on top of that we have roughly another two thousand masks that are being donated and shipped at our expense you know god bless you guys for doing this because you're doing a hell of a lot more than i think a lot of people would be doing and um i think you should be proud of that uh, regardless of what any naysayers may be doing. Now, but this has changed uh, the way you're handling this now. You guys are not selling these, uh, I should say, given away with uh, uh, by, by paying shipping only, uh, these masks to the general public anymore. Is that correct? That is correct. And the horrible part is that we are continually to continuing getting messages from individuals saying, I was not able to check out. Can I please get one? My husband has severe asthma. I have horrible allergies already. And I, I'm scared. 
Yeah. So we take them and we put them on our list. But we're not going to tell anybody that you've agreed to send me three on the kind of on the download because uh, just on the download because we yeah, need, they don't we need, need it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not. They're not doing that. It's just I'm, it's a joke, people. Anyway, um, <laughs> so. All right. Well, I don't think you guys did anything wrong. And I, I told, uh, I think, Brittany, I told you earlier, I would go with the FU defense. Uh, <laughs> when people start doing this, and out of the goodness of my heart, I'm doing all this additional work. And I know these things aren't free. I mean, your your time costs something, and the material costs something. And it sounds like you were, you were uh, doing this for next to nothing. Uh, just cover the shipping. I mean, actually, you were doing it. You were paying for it because you paid for the supplies, and you and you paid for it using your your personal time to put these things together. So I don't know. I mean, if if people want to bitch, let them bitch. Um, but uh, hats off to you both for for taking this upon yourself and having to put up with all this crap. And uh, I, I'm just I'm just sorry that there's people out there like that. Or us too. We really expected that the community, you know, especially since when it, before we decided to do it or as we were deciding to, to make the mask, we had seen so many of our fellow seamstresses, you know, rallying together and being so positive and, you know, not caring that they're going to be losing money and trying their best to just be able to contribute to the situation at hand. And we really just expected that the, the public would be that way too, because everyone, you know, so much negative right now happening and, it, we were totally blindsided. We were blindsided. We, we were so blindsided. And the worst part about it was that we were messaging with other companies who have the sewing abilities that we did or do. And other off-road companies. Other off-road companies who were pumped and excited and ready to jump on board. And after seeing what the public did to us, decided that it was not it was not in their best interest to to do this at least to do not do it publicly right it was very heartbreaking and and it's not just the ceo of the company that's going to be affected if there's employees they have to be concerned about making payroll for those people and you have to be uh, concerned about what you say and what you do because you're responsible for those people's livelihood. So it's not just some wimpy CEO. They they really have to be careful about these things. So whenever whenever you get out there and oh and I, and we didn't talk about this. None of these people contacted you directly to get the story, but to tell you what their concerns were and let you explain. I I, I would assume. There were a handful, a, a very small handful. So some and some it was people more actually of a, they messaged accusing and then we had to explain and (laughs) they either just lost it completely because they were so overly emotional or we ended up having to block most of them this is what happens when you take soap operas off the air people have to generate their own drama folks so we need more soap operas on the air uh getting back on the air so let's let's switch gears here real quick uh i i think we've covered this really well i think it's nonsense and I think people have uh, overreacted to it, but we're seeing a lot of that these days because people are scared. Uh, and, and it's understandable to degree, but I'm just going to recommend you guys, not to YouTube, but the, the, the audience, if you get upset with somebody that they're doing something that you do not think is the right thing to do, contact them politely, respectfully, ask some questions first. And then if your suspicions bear out, then be an asshole. <laughs> but don't lead with that, you know. Uh, but uh, so anyway, uh, the, the, real quick. Now, 
let's talk a little bit about your business. You guys uh, share uh, sell all kinds of apparel. The, tell the folks what you got there. Goodness, we've got t-shirts, we've got joggers, and for all of us who are professional at homers right now, joggers and pajama pants are amazing. Oh, yeah. What else leggings. do we have, Tip Leggings. Oh, yes, leggings. Bags, hats, shoes. Now, all the you guys don't do the shoes, do you? Uh, but but all the, all the other stuff, you actually uh, cut and sew yourself. Is this correct? No, not all of the, the bags, though we could. We do not have time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do source a lot of our bags and, and smaller goods. But our cups, we do all the exterior work to them. Um, our shirts, we do all of our own design work. We handle all the print work. The print work is all done in, in-house. Hat work is all done in-house, except for stuff that you can obviously tell that is not ours. Mm-hmm. What else, Tiff? What do you think? Do you, do you guys actually do you guys actually have it on the site what you what you hand make that is made in house? Sometimes we write it on the listing, and sometimes we do not. Because so I think that would be cool. Because I didn't know that you guys actually hand made those things, and I think that that's really cool. And just to to know that somebody hand made something, the the owner of the company hand makes this thing, like you were doing with the masks. I think that that adds value to it for me. Well, we don't hand make any of our t-shirts. That would take forever. <laughs> but as I say, we do all of our. Design but we do work. print. <laughs> we do prep. So, but we, we do honestly any of the stuff that you see on our website. You think it's safe to say, Tiff, that about 90, not 95% of the stuff on the website is stuff that we personally do ourselves? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a few, you know, hats that the general public knows that they can get in multiple places because at Jeep shows, you see, you know, multiple vendors carrying. But like all our crawler hats and stuff like that. We embroider ourselves and we screen print all the shirts. Trying to think of anything else. Sounds we put like, everything on the like bags a, that we normally sell. Sounds like a lot of fun. It can be. When we're not dealing with assholes, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how you can tell an asshole, right? Their breath. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We don't get that close to them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're supposed to be six feet away. If you can smell them, that's really bad. <laughs> Um, oh my god! <laughs> so you, so you guys, uh, the website which I don't think we've mentioned is uh, crawlhers dot com. C R A W L, you know, crawl, and then uh, hers. I guess some people might think it started with a K because you know how people do that that clever uh, uh, thing uh-huh. that uh, that confuses our kids, and especially bad now that uh, people are actually having to homeschool their kids and trying to explain Same to them why that. ketchup is spelled with a K. Uh, but uh, so to go over to crawlher dot uh, crawlhers dot com. And, it's uh, either. Oh, is it? Okay. And uh, yep. it helped these folks out. They're doing a great business, and they were trying to help the community, damn it, until uh, a bunch of people started bitching at them. So uh, we need to support these folks. And, you know, uh, I just posted today that uh, the Jeep Talk Show is going to be giving away uh, four ad packages. That's uh, four episodes of uh, free advertising for the small uh, Jeep businesses around the community, and I'd like to offer that to you guys if you're interested. If you're not, no problem, but uh, we certainly would like to try to help all the j- small Jeep businesses out there, especially in this uh, serious economic uh, time. Hey, we would love that and appreciate it, and we would love to do the same for you. Oh, well, thank you. All right, guys. Well, look, we've uh, we've mentioned all we've talked about all the bad people that uh, were bothering you folks, and I sure appreciate you coming on and <laughs> candidly answering uh, my questions. 
Uh, it, it sounds like I had it right to begin with. Uh, it, it's just not fair what people are saying. They're not finding out what's going on, and they're jumping to conclusions. And, you know, it hurts people. Uh, it hurts businesses. And this means that people that depend on Crawler for their, uh, their apparel and other, like, coffee mugs and, and, and things like that uh, potentially could not have that anymore. And I guess if they were a competitor, it would be a good thing for them, or so they think. Uh, but uh, I'd like to think that that's not the case in this case, and it was just a misunderstanding. I just wish people would find out what's going on first. Amen to that. All right, guys. Thank you for uh, agreeing to be on in such a short period of time, and uh, it was great having both of you on here. You guys be safe and uh, uh, be careful out there, and uh, don't let them get you down. Uh, stay positive and keep doing all the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Y'all stay safe, too. Thanks again to Britt and Tiff for being good sports and for taking the time to talk about current events and, of course, crawlhers.com. They got some great clothing over there, and it's not all just for the girls. They got some guy stuff, too, so be sure to check them out. That's crawlhers.com. Do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show just to tell your own Jeep story. And trust us, we want to hear it. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Very well, could be you. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Newbie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. So I got to thinking that with the social distancing we're all practicing these days, some of you may be going out, out by yourself, or you may be bringing some newbies with you. And I thought it might be good for us to discuss trail etiquette. What I mean is what to do and not to do on the trails. We are all stewards of the trails throughout our areas, and like it or not, there are groups and organizations that want to shut down the off-road vehicles to all trails. How we manage, treat, and maintain trails is what is keeping a lot of the trails open for us to use now and for the future. So here's some things to do while on the trail. Number one, stay on the designated trail. This is probably the number one reason trails get closed. People go off trail and want to venture on their own, sort of blaze their own trail. I've seen fences cut, trees cut down, and boulders moved from people trying to get access to other areas and not stay on the trail. They are usually sensitive areas outside the trail system that the Forest Service wants to protect. I know up here in Big Bear on Gold Mountain, which is a Black Diamond Trail, we have a plant species that only grows on these pebble plains and nowhere else in the world. However, each year there are idiots that break through the fences and drive over the pebble plains causing damage. The Forest Service or BLM begin to consider closing the trails. Please stay on the designated trails. The more we adhere to this, the more chances we'll have keeping the trails open. Number two, keep tire spin to a minimum. I know we all like to get out there and wheel, but if you are going over an obstacle, whether it's mud, sand, water crossing, dirt, etc., and you start to create a major wheel spin, you are disturbing the trail and creating ruts. First off, wheel spin does you no good, and second, you're creating erosion to the trail. Wheel spin doesn't always help you, and the more you spin, the more you can dig yourself deeper in a hole. Then you have to ask for help, get pulled out, get your hijack out, maybe you have to lift yourself out. It's much easier to think before you let wheel spin dictate your course, and you're preserving the trails. Number three, respect other drivers. This is important as we share the trails. You may be going downhill, and another group is coming uphill. Stay to the right, especially on blind hills and curves. Some trails may be narrow and you may have to pull to the right and let the other group by. As you go along the trail, always look for turnouts. You may be the group that needs to back up a little to allow the other group by. 
Also, let the first driver of the other group know how many Jeeps are in your group. This happens all the time, guys. It's crazy when we find this happening. We, we do this when we ride our quads and motorcycles. We hold up the number of fingers to indicate the number of vehicles behind us. So if you have four Jeeps in the group and you're in the number one position, you hold up three fingers. The guy or gal behind you holds up two and etc. The last position holds up a closed fist to signify there are no other Jeeps in the group. It's really nice to know how many Jeeps you're waiting for before continuing on your way. Number four is pack it in or pack it out. Try to leave no trace. This is another major issue with trash and broken glass on trails. I have no idea the allure of drinking and then throwing the glass bottles away to see how they break. I personally have picked up more broken glass on trails than I care to count. It is littering and it's hazardous to the animals. And besides, if there's trash on the trail, other people think it's okay to throw their trash. So if you bring trash and you use your trasheroo pouch we discussed in episode 426, it's a good way to keep the trash out of your Jeep and off the trail. Always secure your trash in some way. Sometimes bouncing down the trail, you might not realize that your trash is bouncing out behind you. Number five is leave it cleaner than you found it. This is a saying that we've all heard. And as you go down the trail, if you see trash, pick it up. Don't just drive on by it. Number six, leave what you find. Sometimes jeeping takes you to areas that you can't get to by foot or regular cars. This could be rock formations, cliffs, waterways, petroglyphs, old buildings and cabins. Who knows? If you're observing this beautiful part of nature, leave it there. <clears throat> Don't collect rocks or plants or animals. Leave it in its natural state. And by the way, I don't know, guys, if you knew this, anything that is 50 years or older is considered an artifact and by law is supposed to stay put. For instance, an old can or a bottle top or whatever, if it's more than 50 years old, you're not supposed to collect it. I know some of us may consider it to be trash and want to pick it up, but archaeologists consider it to be a treasure. And number seven is bathroom breaks. We all know when you got to go, you got to go. There is an unwritten rule that when the group stops for a 10-100, the women go to the right of the Jeeps and the men go to the left. You want to know why? Because women are always right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, ladies, please take a baggie with you and please take all your feminine stuff back out with you. Don't leave that stuff on the trails. And this goes for your kids' diapers, too. Just don't do it. And I hate cleaning that stuff when we do trail maintenance on our adopted trails. Number eight, do not feed the wildlife. This seems obvious to me, but every year there's a report of some idiot trying to touch the bison in Yellowstone, <laughs> and there's a video of them getting gored or tossed in the air. Don't feed the wildlife, including the birds, squirrels, no matter how cute they may look or what they say. Besides, they typically carry diseases, and you really don't want that. And the last one is control your pets. We love jeeping with our dogs, and some of you have cats that go with you, but you're still responsible for cleaning up after them and keeping them from destroying wildlife. Don't let them chase animals like deer and don't let them dig. This is their natural habitat and we're just visitors. So guys, I thought it'd be kind of fun if you wanted to share some things that you may have discovered or come across. If you had anybody that just wasn't in line with the typical trail etiquette or just plain rude. Oh man, I have seen it all too much. <laughs> uh, look, I'm a, I'm a certified tread trainer with Tread Lightly. Uh, so everything that you're talking about, I mean, it's, it's second nature to me. I, I know all about it and I, and it's, I frequently have to educate people on proper trail etiquette when I'm out wheeling it. And one of the one of the places that I, I see this the most, mo the most violations, if you will, is up in the uh, in one of the places that I wheel the most, the Tillamook State Forest or the Browns Camp uh, Off Road Recreation Area. Um, almost every trail up there has 
some degree of evidence, whether it's old or relatively new, of someone cutting a corner or making their own bypass to get around an obstacle they shouldn't be attempting anyways, due yep. to whether it's you know trail or weather conditions or just vehicle limitations. Uh, yes. and, and thankfully, most, I mean, 99% of the trails up there um, have a stewardship with an off-road club out here in, in, in the area. And, and so there's a lot of us that go up there frequently to do trail repair, to do trail cleanups. There's always events going on. I mean, every April there's an event um, uh, mountain-wide. I mean, uh, this brings in nice. thousands of people with SOLV, S-O-L-V. This is the, the, these are the people that go around to the nation's beaches and, and, and do massive litter cleanups and stuff like that. They come out with, with a couple of crews. They bring out all of the garbage bags and, and everything else and, and handle all logistics of a gigantic yearly trail cleanup. And mm-hmm. every year we bring out literally tons of debris, whether it's TVs that people were shooting, old clay targets, uh, a spare tire that somebody decided to leave behind, you know, from from that to the beer can that's been there for 20 years, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's tons of stuff gets pulled out every year and it could be completely avoided if people were just being a little bit more responsible. So yeah, I, I see it all the time, Wendy. I, it, and it's it's a damn shame because I know there are places that are even worse. And mm-hmm. not to say that this is bad because honestly, um, the, the Tillamook State Forest and the, and the wheeling areas that we have out here in the Pacific Northwest are absolutely majestic. Uh, wow. Completely magnificent. But they can be ruined by some litter on the trails and other things that, that people just really shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on the trail etiquette. Uh, I try and, and, and teach people that are in my groups, you know, hey, this is how you yep. do that. This is what not to do. Uh, keep an eye out on that. And, and part of my part of being a tread trainer is that I get, um, you know, supplies and stuff. I get some teaching materials. Uh, and oh, so I nice. have these I have these cards, these plastic hardback cards um, that have the whole tread lightly principles. So, you know, in tread stands for something tread lightly and there's t-r-e-a-d and it travel responsibly respect the rights of others educate yourself avoid sensitive areas and do your part and there's a there's an elaboration on on each of these on this card and i have to hand these out every so often hey um you know i don't know if you know this but uh you know you're you're not really being a good wheeler and you're kind of ruining it for the rest of us um, I'd like to, you know, help you out and and prevent you from getting a ticket or from shutting this trail down because of what you're doing. And if I could just get a couple minutes of your time, I'd like to teach you about tread lightly. And yeah. and, and that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And and uh, honestly, sometimes people are just ignorant. They don't realize what they're doing. Yeah, you get the douchebags out there. They're just, you know, stupid. And you you can't fix stupid, but you can try. And and I recommend <laughs> that you do that. Well, I think, too, it's part of our, I feel like it's part of my job as a trail leader or or just being in a group as a mentor. So, when bringing out somebody who's new, who doesn't know or hasn't been taught, I think it's part of our responsibility to make sure we keep these trails open and that we teach somebody. So, we, we kind of do the same thing when we're out. Um, awesome. I am going to look up that tread, though, for those cards. That's a neat idea. So, how about you, Tony? Have you seen anything kind of silly or crazy out there that we need to not be doing? I don't have as much uh, off-road time as uh, Josh or you, but uh, the only thing I've seen, there was this crazy spotter up on Gold Mountain. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That's a different story. <laughs> there was, uh, uh, you see a lot of uh, drinking and a lot of behavior that goes along with uh, over-imbiting uh, uh, of, of alcohol. And that always yeah. bothers me. Now, I'm yeah. not a drinker. I don't I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink beer and any of that, that sort of thing. I like being in control. 
uh, the, I like to rub the brain cells I have together to start a fire, a thought, you know. So, uh, and perhaps that's why I just I don't understand it. I mean, people want to have a good time, but when you're either on a four wheeler or a, a high powered Jeep, I shouldn't say high powered, but if you get in four low, it's kind of high powered. It's dangerous <laughs> to be drinking and to be driving some of the ways that they're doing in around yeah. other vehicles. And I don't know. I think four four wheelers and side by sides get a generally bad name for the way they drive around the uh, the more uh slow and curious vehicles mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting um, when we did a, a big cleanup for our adopt a trail in gold mountain and the glass i'm not kidding you it wasn't just a bottle that was broken it seemed to be at every possible location they had to throw them to see how far they would split oh, of course. and it's just Again, it doesn't make sense why those two come together, drinking and driving. I mean, we don't do it on a main highway. Why are we doing it off-roading? So, I don't know. I just think, like Josh said, the trail etiquette needs to be re, you know, sort of given people the direction of where to go and what to do. And I think what you're doing, Josh, is awesome with those cards and helping to teach people. That's great. A lot better than a citation. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, um, you know, you out there listening to this show right now, you can be a tread trainer too. You can get certified with tread lightly and get training materials and get the education that you need to keep those trails out in your area open for public use and prevent people, you know, from doing the stupid stuff that can, uh, uh, that can get those shut down. So I highly encourage you to reach out to tread lightly and, and see if there's a tread trainer course available in your area. And also, too, if you have a Jeep club that's around and they are, have adopted trails, you can also go and help with the work parties and help them, you know, clean up everything because you'll actually see it from a different vantage point when you're there and you're mending a fence or you're picking up the trash. You just have a different passion for that. It just sort of it sets things a little differently for you. So thank you for here, that here. information, Josh. That was good. So. All right. Well, you can view some great videos on our YouTube channel, Jeep 4-1-1, with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. The website info is in our show notes. Are you a newbie or maybe you remember something important you learned when you first became a Jeeper and you want to share it with us? We want to hear from you. Reach out to us with your newbie nugget. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the ways to contact us. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I want to apologize up front about the noise. Uh, Henry the Rooster is still going through puberty, and uh, they're pumping concrete next door to me. Yeah, Henry, we know. <laughs> Why anybody would want to build a house next to Nikki G is unbeknown to me, but I'm pretty sure they'll soon learn their error. Anyhow, I've been thinking, and uh, it's been a long time since I sang. And I sang to Tammy, and I sang to Josh, and I haven't sung to Wendy yet. Oh my, so I'm ready, Wendy, let's go. Wendy, like welcome you to the show by singing you, you with a song. This song oh. is uh, to the tune of Bus Stop by the Hollies. It's an old late 60s, early 70s song. Yeah, Nikki G's that old. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Bump, stop, Wendy, she's there, I say. Can I borrow a shackle? Bump, stop, Wendy, she's there, she says. Sure, because no one steals my shackles. All right. And, uh, <laughs> hey, let's, let's not leave Bill out of this either. I'm just a Bill. Yes, I'm only a Bill. And I'm trying to climb this hill. Oh, Saturday morning. I got a Dana 35. 
So I guess I'll just sit here a while. Come on, Bill, get out of the way. The more you know. All right, concrete <laughs> pump and rooster solo. Go, Henry, you're on. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> Boy. Oh, gosh. Whether it's <laughs> a side-splitting, side-splitting laugh or an absolute groan, Nikki G never fails to disappoint. Archaeologists are actually building a observation deck next to Nikki G's house. They want to learn. That's where I was going to go with that. I was just like, yeah, that's not a house, Nikki G. That's that, those are the pads for the observation towers. <laughs> I'm sure, it's collecting information. Well, I'm glad you guys all made it up here around the campfire. Glad to have you. And uh, you know, every so often, we like to uh, pull up a chair, crack a beverage, and and just sort of BS about one thing or another. This week, I pulled one out of the hat, and, and this one, I, it's kind of one of those negatives. And we don't normally like to like to go negative on the show, but this one I think is is worthwhile uh, to spend a couple minutes on. What don't you like about your Jeep suspension or steering system, whether it's a noise that just won't go away or a lack of articulation or steering or constantly having to rebuild a joint here or there. Maybe you got a bad bump steer issue. There has to be something that you don't like about your Jeep steering or suspension system. Tony, I'm going to have you start, start, start us off this week. What do you got? Well, you know, about the only thing I've had issues with is, um, the, um, what do you call them? The, uh, the things that go on the the short arms that uh, the the bushings that uh, they wear out over time, and then you get a lot yeah. of drift and stuff out of it. And uh, replacing the bushings isn't that difficult to do, but getting those arms lined back up to the axle is always a pain in the ass, and requires at least one, if not two, ratchet straps to finesse <laughs> it back into position. Uh, I'm sure there's an easier way of doing it, but you know, I always try to. Uh, there's no reason uh, for me to to take. 10 things apart to make it easy. I'll just take the one part and fight it for three hours and, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and do it that way. Now, I do want to introduce our uh, the other members around the campfire. We've got uh, RJ Voigt, uh, William, and uh, Galaxy A50, which I'm thinking is a phone. So, uh, welcome to the campfire, guys. See, they've all, they've all gone off to go get a beverage and a chair. See, that, that's, that's the problem. Our, our timing has been off. So, Wendy, I'm going to defer back to you now. Um, you know, you've had a, a couple few Jeeps. You guys have owned a couple few Jeeps over the years. Has there been one thing with one Jeep or another that just stood out, that sort of a that bad penny problem that just kept popping up or or something that just kind of rubbed you wrong with that particular rig? Is, is there one thing that stood out? You know, for me, I am really like what we have right now for steering, particularly, but I know my husband wants to do that Ram Assist, and I don't know. Mm. I, I just like the turning radius I get right now. It's easy. I understand the Jeep. I know how it's going to spot and turn and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it'd be me learning something new because that Ram Assist would alter it and change it a little bit. But that'd probably be the only thing. We've pretty much got everything kind of where we want it right now. So it's not really a negative. So Ram Assist would be well, nice, though. And there's something to be said about, you know, you, what is familiar. Um, you know, I, I wheeled with this guy who had a Jeep. It was a bit of a jalopy. Uh, and it had, uh, had some uh, unique characteristics about it. And, and I told you a story uh, last week or the week before about a guy who I wheeled with uh, uh, several times who, um, whose WJ kept ejecting springs out in, in one particular trail almost mm -hmm. every single time. 
And it's, it's those kinds of things. It's like, well, clearly that's going to be frustrating. You got to stop. Everything's got to come to come to a complete stand. Still, you got to go retrieve the spring, go through all of the, you know, the reinstallation to get that back in and hopefully sitting in place to where you can then reload the suspension and get back on your way. That, that's clearly got to be, you know, very frustrating and something that you don't like about your Jeep. And, and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, there's, everybody's got one, got one of these things. Me personally, uh, you know, I've got some bump steer issues. I've my, got a one ton over the knuckle steering system and things just aren't quite exactly designed properly. Um, I had kind of a backyard welder help me out at the time because I didn't have a welder back then. And uh, and he was helping me out, you know, cutting the bars to length and, and, and getting things welded in and whatnot. And at the time, I really wasn't doing my due diligence and, and, and looking over his shoulder as much as I should have. That being said, I ended up with a track bar. I'm sorry, a, a drag link that's a little bit uh, longer um, than, uh, than my other. And so it's I get these bump steer problems on occasion uh, to where it's has me halfway considering completely starting back over from scratch. It's been that bad sometimes where I'm on a bit of a road trip. I'm in the Jeep for a couple of hours and you know, every pothole is it's, I'm getting a little bit of a shake. So mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things to where, yeah, I could address it, but it's, 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 I'm familiar with it. It doesn't yeah. affect the, 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 the right ability or the, or the, the capability of the Jeep either on or off road so drastically that I have to now strip it all apart or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can live with it. And I'm sure there's something, yeah. those, those same kind of things that some of our listeners have, uh, have with their own Jeep. So who do we got on the horn, Tony? Well, let's go to Bill. Bill, I'm sure you've got something to say about the hydro assist that Wendy doesn't want. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it can be set up properly where you can get the full uh, lock to lock. She's just driven somebody else's who isn't quite set up properly, oh. and it doesn't like it. So. Well, let's let's mention names, Bill. Who's who hasn't no, set it up right? No, I don't no, know about that. Come on, <laughs> play nice. How dare you? No, I I talked to the guy who set it up, and he says, "Yeah, that that could be adjusted. It's not a problem." Because I had made that comment that uh, Wendy didn't like it. She wasn't able to turn as sharply in his Jeep as we could in ours. And so I just said, no, it's, it can be fixed. How so, much, how much likely, uh, how more likely are you to damage something with hydro assist? Damage something on the vehicle? Uh, the, the, the steering, like if you to break a U-joint or a, uh, a, a C on the, uh, the end of the axle, is, it, is that hydraulic action, is it going to potentially uh, uh, add more damage or do you have to be more careful, it's like using skinny pedal uh, uh, carefully on, on certain situations? It's actually pretty nice. Uh, I've gusseted it up the seas on my axle, and the guy who's running it uh, that I know, he's got some uh, Curry axles that are all upgraded. And uh, I have driven it a little bit through the rocks, and I tell you, it is, it is so nice because when you've got your lockers on and you're trying to crawl through rocks and you're doing zero miles an hour and somebody says, hey, I need you to go a little bit driver, and you crank on the steering wheel and you just kind of look at them because <laughs> nothing moves i was there i was that yep. was me yeah, looking at windy there that's right that's right <laughs> but uh with the psd oh my gosh it's, it's like uh being in uh big earth moving equipment it just moves uh so it's yeah it's it's high on my list all right wendy we've decided that you're going to go with hydro assist I know. I don't have a choice, and I'll learn. It'll be fine. <laughs> Tony, there is there is something to be said about your concern. It is a valid concern, but this is just hydraulic assist. I mean, the, you still have a steering pump. 
you still have you know a steering box in in there there's still all your standard steering components that work with a hydraulic ram that is um that is just assisting your stock system so yeah it does provide a lot more steering force and i suppose in some certain you know you had that perfect storm where you're just kind of loaded up onto one corner you're jammed in between a couple of rocks and you gotta both steer and accelerate up out of this hole you know if, if that perfect storm of events happens you could end up breaking something because you have a little bit more force being applied on some of those components but you know again it, it's uh, something that you get used to and that you can sort of learn how to uh, how to use properly in some of those extreme situations maybe something to do to an axle that isn't a dana 30 uh, for example oh there you go yeah i'm not sure i'd throw a psc on a dana 30 you, you're asking for trouble i think well, we have a couple of other people sitting around the campfire side chat here. Uh, I see Isaac. Isaac, you got any uh, any issues with your front end steering that you would, uh, uh, you know, wish that you didn't have? I don't have any issues with my steering, but I do have my, I've got a, a 95YJ. So it's got the leaf springs, and I just don't like how the leaf springs are bowed up instead of down. I think it looks, you know, like they're old and worn out, which they probably are. Well, that's easy enough to uh, to remedy. I uh, somebody asked the other day uh, on uh, uh, sent, a, sent us an email uh, about asking about leaf springs where they could find one, and I quite quickly found one on uh, Amazon and uh, suggested they buy two at a time. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would help. Yeah, I think so. They <laughs> unless you're trying to offset the uh, the driver lean, the boss lean, whatever it is that they call it. <laughs> Yeah, if you got a YJ and your leafs are flat or you actually have a little bit of a negative arch on there, it might be time to consider um, rebuilding those leaf packs or possibly swapping them out altogether. I would avoid uh, something like an Adaleaf. Uh, those are generally just a Band-Aid. And, and uh, uh, if you have sagging springs or, or springs that have lost their arch, uh, it, it can uh, it can compound issues later on down the road. So, um, yeah, Isaac, if you um, maybe even look into uh, see if you have a place locally that can re-arch those springs um, to where all you pay is a service fee. Uh, you drop the leaves off for a day or two, maybe a week, and uh, and they put a new arch in them and bring some life back into those old springs. Might be an option for you if you're on a budget. Okay, I'll look into that. So, RJ, I see that you, uh, you're you muted. Did you want to get in on this, or uh, you, are you just here to listen? Uh, sure, I'd love to. So, any issues with your suspension system that uh, you know that maybe you'd like to be different or something that you need to fix? Well, um, honestly, my suspension's uh, doing great. I mean, I, I just recently purchased a, a 2015 uh, JKU. I had a 2011 JKU, had steering issues with it, and uh, replaced all the front end uh, stuff with just the you know upgraded stock stuff. Made a huge difference, alignment, all that kind of stuff. We have a freeway here in uh, Oregon that's like, it's really rutted. And I had to drive on it daily and it would just pull me all over the road. And it was just a hassle. After I got I think all that that's stuff every fri every freeway in the whole system, in the whole country, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> just about. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. I mean, we ever, we've had a few new freeways paved around here, so we're a little spoiled, but one really pulls hard. And it made a huge difference when I did that. And uh, my, uh, my newer Jeep, I just replaced it with the um, the Fox steering stabilizer. Uh, made a huge difference. 
I really loved it. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I started to hang up on you when you said, I don't have any suspension problems. But when you said 2015, I went, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it. It drives great on the road. I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, the wheelbase. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely the, uh, you know, minivan of Jeeps. <laughs> so what, what's, on your, what's on your short list? What's, on, what's the next modification that you have on your short list that, uh, that you might be looking at? I'm looking at doing springs. I mean, I've got what I believe to be four-inch springs on my Jeep now, and uh, I want to go to maybe, like, I don't know if I want to go to six. I mean, that's probably where I should go, but, I mean, I got 37-inch tires on it now. Well, depending on whether or not you want to stick with a low center of gravity build or you want to step up to, um, you know, something else and and get yourself a a little bit more room in that wheel. Um, I mean, there's a number of different ways that you can go about that. Four and a half inches is a nice round number for a Wrangler, though. You can really find a lot of capable kits and and find a lot of capability. Period. Uh, with a with a Wrangler that's got around four and a half uh, four and a half inches of lift or so. Um, I know there are several companies out there that are producing springs in that category. Um, it, it seems that uh, a lot of people are, are kind of wanting that in between the the uh, entry level three three and a half inch to the a little bit more extreme kind of entering into the uh, rock crawler range of the five and a half inch lift uh, category. Somebody a lot of people want that more in between, a little bit more friendly on the road. Um, you know, a little bit more friendly for the uh, person who only goes off road occasionally, isn't a hardcore rock crawler, uh, that sort of thing. You're kind of fitting into that category a little bit. I'm not sure what kind of a uh, what, what sort of wheeling you do or, or where you go, uh, how much seat time you got or what your plans are long-term wise. Um, but there's certainly a lot of options for that realm of lift that you're looking at. You know, exactly. I'm, I mean, I'm real happy with the uh, current center of gravity I have with the Jeep now. I mean, it rides perfect. And that's the thing, you know, going up to that next spring, it's like, I almost want to go like another inch, which I mean, it'd probably be easier to just go with spacers maybe, but I really like the ability to get the full use of the suspension. Well, I'd like well, to remind little- both of you that in a kingdom, the king's throne is always higher than its subjects. So, so go high. <laughs> Screw this low center of gravity stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, you get the little off camber around here a few times, and uh, some of the trails get kind of narrow, steep. I mean, we go out in a lot of snow, and uh, um, eh, sounds like I a lot of fun. I'm gonna have to feel it out. All right, and we got uh, uh, one other person, one other new person here around the campfire. Uh, goes simply by Galaxy and uh, talking about kingdoms and thrones. Uh, uh, Galaxy, that's a big deal. Hey, guys, I think that's just uh, my phone. No, it's Chris here. Hey, Chris. <laughs> uh, I uh, clicked in the Zoom, and I'm obviously using the Samsung ga- Galaxy. So oh, I figured, I figured that, but I had to call you something. <laughs> my 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 stage, my stage name is Galaxy, but for you all, I'll, I'll give you my real name is Chris. If Excellent. anybody gets the, uh, it's the analogy there. <laughs> so, any uh, any issues with uh, your uh, suspension system that you uh, uh, fixed? Need to change? Maybe add on to? Uh, fix? Uh, I thought I fixed. Need to change? Uh, I've got a fourteen JK and uh, put a two inch spacer lift on it with new fresh springs at about sixty thousand miles. With the AEV kit, I uh, live near AEV, so researched it, actually purchased it right from them, and um, had a hell of a time getting the track bar reattached after installing the spacers, and uh, got it in, no problem, had it aligned, and, and about another 30, 
some thousand miles, got a death shimmy, not really a death wobble. And I say shimmy because I could drive through it, wouldn't have to hit the brakes to slow it down. And um, it wasn't really an issue, but it's still lingering. So I uh, went and replaced the track bar with an adjustable steer smarts and did the uh, cam kit for the caster, had it realigned and still about 42 to 50. If I hit a bump, I get a pretty good shimmy and again can drive right through it it's just just bugs me i mean it's just just one of those things that's bugging me yeah i noticed that on mine a while back and i i had a look underneath there actually i was looking at something else and i noticed my uh steering uh stabilizer uh was not connected anymore the the bolt had come out probably probably from when i went to off-road up around dallas uh it probably disconnected for a while the shimmy wasn't bad it was just it was just unusual that uh, mm-hmm. unusual feeling when you'd hit something, it kind of kind of would wobble a little bit, and you go, oh, "That's weird. It doesn't normally do that." Well, there's a reason. <laughs> Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you take a look at, at two uh, points on your Jeep, and and although you did the right thing with the with the adjustable track bar and the cam kit on there, that's definitely 100% the right thing to do in your in your situation, especially after any kind of a, of a lift, even something as simple as as a, you know budget boost two inch lift, something like that. You are changing the difference between the height of the of the vehicle in relation to the axle, and that does affect even at two inches uh, the geometry on the steering. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised you have had a little bit of a hard time, uh, getting that track bar to remount, uh, in the beginning. But with that being said, uh, you know, 30,000, 40,000 miles, whatever on a, on a steering system that was a little bit out of whack in its geometry, even though you had an alignment done, um, that that, that track bar was probably under a pretty substantial load, uh, at that point in time. What I'm going to have you take a look at is the actual track bar mount on both the axle side as well as the uh, as as well as the frame side. Um, there's a chance that even though there was nothing wrong with the bar itself, um, this problem has persisted because the mount itself has been wallowed out a little bit. Uh, there's a chance that over you know time the vibration and even though it being a little a little tiny wobble, um, that that hole could be wallowed out a little bit. And and although the bar itself is fine and all of its components, its its rod ends are fine, the actual bar is still shifting on the mount slightly. And all it takes is a sixteenth of an inch, you know, for 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 that vibration to transfer up through your through the rest of the suspension um, and, and, and into your steering wheel. So take a look at that, and then take a look at your ball joints as well, and and make sure there's no play where there shouldn't be in in that regard. Um, there's a, there's a very common uh, trick to determining whether or not you have a bad wheel bearing or a ball joint, and that's getting that that corner of the Jeep up in the air, getting that wheel sort of free floating, and then grabbing it at uh, uh, 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock and 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock and really reefing on it. And if you get any sort of a play or, or any sort of a, of a shimmy at all, you know that you've got an issue depending on where you're having it, uh, either you know with the ball joint or with the wheel bearing. So a couple of different areas I want you to take a look at. It could be something as simple as just having to swap out a ball joint or having to have you know somebody um, address that that mount for your track bar. It might need to go to, into a welding shop and have them you know weld on something that can uh, uh, basically recenter that track bar onto its mount without it wallowing out. Will do. Thank you. Oh, and I'd like to mention Chris uh, is uh, one of our uh, show contributors in the past. He's uh, done a couple of uh, segments for us. And Chris, tell folks what your uh, website is. Uh, sevenslats.com. 
sevenslats.com, not the X-rated yes. version, sevenslats.com, but I'm going to register that one. Seriously? I'm going to register that one. I didn't know this was Seven Slats. Chris, what's up, buddy? Glad to have you on the show. Thank you. Good to talk to you all. All right. I think we've hit everybody around the campfire uh, that's uh, been sitting here. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Remember, uh, leave uh, leave the campfire, uh, leave the camp cleaner than you than you uh, than it was when you got here. So that's right. Take everything with you. <laughs> pack it in, pack it out. That's right. Well, we'd like for you to join the campfire side chat each and every show, and we can do that now. You can do that now. We have the means. We have the technology. We've been talking about it for a while, and obviously the last couple of few shows, we have been implementing it. So make sure that you get in on those notifications when we put them out each and every week. We are having you join in on the campfire side chat. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and make sure that you are friended on our Facebook page. You can get those notifications when we go live. Hey, don't forget to go to jeeptalkshow.com to see the latest events from around the nation and in your hometown. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to get your request in for free Jeep Talk Show stickers. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. The Jeep Talk Show. If we could even find our hand sanitizer, we would probably be lighting it on fire or doing something else highly inappropriate with it. <laughs> it is not very good as a lubricant. Oh. Seriously? This is not a roll tonight. Jeez, Tony. Don't use it. Don't use it on rolls either. It doesn't taste good. Podcasting since 2010. Did you know there's more Jeep talk show that you're missing? Because, you know, you're used to it. You're used to being close to things. You got 17-year-old McKenzie having to hang halfway out the window to, you know, give you your cheeseburger. And it's just like, you know, come on. You're, you're four feet away from the curb. You could you could go ahead and get a little closer. And you always and claim. This is, this is, this you is always the same claim vehicle. Trail. You can always claim trail damage, even though it was McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah, these are, the same, these are the same people. Same people driving. And you look at their wheels and they're just munched all the hell because, you know, curb damage and stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, Really? You know, you can get that close parking, but in the drive-through, you're 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 four feet away. It's like I don't get it, but yeah, whatever. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, yes, my it's wheels like, are all bunched from crawling through the rocks. There you go. They're, As the, well, they should be. That's right. <laughs> that's right. To get it, just load the Jeep Talk Show app on your smartphone or tablet.